want to look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. I want to look at it from the Passion Translation. Have you ever heard that old song by M.C. Hammer, Can't Touch This? Well, that's what I want to preach on tonight. Can't touch me. Can't touch you. Amen? Can't touch us. We're the temple of God. And the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of us. And the Passion Translation says, We know that none of the God-born makes a practice of sin. At least they shouldn't be. Fatal sin. The God-born are also the God-protected. The evil one can't lay a hand on them. Amen? So we do not sin purposefully. Sometimes we miss it, miss the mark. Sometimes we, we fail. We don't intend to. But sometimes we fall short and miss it. Aren't you glad for 1 John 1.9? Yes. What does 1 John 1.9 says? Well, it says, if we confess our sins. He's faithful just to forgive us our sins and to do what? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But what this is talking about, it says in the NLT, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. Now, I think if a person makes a practice of sinning, you really have to wonder, are they really born again? Most likely not. Sinning as a way of life is not the norm for a born-again believer. We are to walk in righteousness. We are to walk in true holiness before the Lord. And so it says here, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one can not touch them. That is our prayer for our church family. That no weapon formed against our church family will prosper. No virus, no COVID, no flu, no respiratory disease that would come against our church family. We declare it will not prosper. Everyone say, can't touch them. Praise the Lord. And so what is important for us in this day in which we live, we need to get over in the zone. Many of you know that we've been witnesses to things that other generations before us have not ever seen. Past generations have seen a lot of terrible things and famines and things of gigantic proportions. The difference is that we are seeing them one right after another, covering the earth. And so there is a zone that we must live in. And that zone is the secret place. Amen? We have a covenant of protection with God. Thank God for protection. So because of this covenant that we have with Him, we are the untouchables. In Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 23, and I'm reading this from the Passion, it says, When you live a life of abandoned love, how many of you are in love with Jesus? When you live a life of abandoned love, surrendered before the awe of God. That's talking about the fear of the Lord. Here's what you will experience. Are you ready? Abundant life, continual protection, and complete satisfaction. God has placed a wall of protection, a wall of redemption around His people. That's what we're declaring over this facility. There's a wall of protection around this facility. 
This is a no cancer zone. This is a no disease zone. Our property is protected. And you as God's property are protected. You as part of the body of the anointed one, you are the protected. Now notice with me in Psalms 103 verses 1 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, if we don't remind ourselves of these benefits, it's easy for us to let them slip. Okay? And if we let these awesome truths slip, we will not be as strong in our spirit as we need to be when the enemy comes, right? And so he says, don't forget any of his benefits. One way that we, we uh, can guard ourselves from forgetting his benefits is by speaking his benefits on a daily basis. Yeah. Is by speaking what God's word says. And then he goes on to list what some of these benefits are. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Verse 4, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. We've been talking about a covenant of protection. This covenant of protection redeems our lives from destruction. And this is in the continuous sense. He continuously watches over his flock. He continuously watches over his people. And if we will just stand in faith and get in faith and remain in the secret place of the Most High, He will continuously redeem our lives from destruction. That not only includes sickness and disease, but that includes automobile accidents. That includes, you know, on the job. It includes everywhere we are. Say with me, He's redeeming my life from destruction. Then he goes on to say, He crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he satisfies our mouth with bad things. How many of you are looking forward to your mouth being satisfied with some good things during this Christmas season? Naturally speaking. But you know what? He also satisfies our mouth with good things spiritually. I love what the psalmist said. He said, Oh, taste. And see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. So he satisfies our mouth with good things. And I'm standing on this verse right here as well. So that our youth is renewed just like the eagles. Our youth is being renewed like the eagles. We are mounting up with strength. We are mounting up with power in this day and in this hour. Say with me, He is renewing my youth just like the eagles. The older you get does not mean you need to lose your focus. You do not have to lose your edge. You do not have to lose your health. There is a renewal that can be taking place in our lives on a regular basis if we'll just stay in the presence of God and stay in the zone. He is redeeming our church's life with what? 
Praise God with his goodness. Amen. Now look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Any redeemed ones we have here tonight? Glory to God. I have been redeemed. You have been redeemed. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. Paid in full. Praise the Lord. Galatians 3.13, verse 13 and 14. Let's read it together. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written... Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. You receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. All of God's promises are what? Yes Yes and amen. Peter says they are exceeding great and precious promises that by these great and precious promises we are going to escape the corruption that is in this world we are going to escape the disease that is in this world we are going to escape the poverty and the lack that is in this world why because we are the redeemed and the blessing of Abraham is ours and we receive it through faith All of the promises of God are to be received by faith. How do you receive the promise of God by faith? First of all, you find it. Secondly, you meditate on it. And thirdly, you say, I believe that. And I receive that into my spirit. I receive it into my believer. And because I believe it, I speak it. And because I believe and speak, I'm going to act Just like it's true. Glory to God. Somebody shout with me tonight. Glory to God. We are the redeemed. We receive the promises of God with our faith. And you can't say you don't have faith. Because God dealt to you the measure of faith when you got born again. You have faith. You need to exercise it. And you need to use it as a way of life. You have mountain-moving, God-pleasing faith on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Now, the word redeemed there means purchased, ransomed, paid for, rescued, and protected. I mean, it can't get any better than that. I like that so much, I'm going to say it again. You're purchased, you're ransomed, you're paid for, you're rescued, and you are protected. You have been bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus. And we can hold the blood of Jesus. And we can hold the name of Jesus against the attacks of the evil one. Amen? You may be going through a test right now. And these tests can turn into glorious, glorious testimonies of victory. If you will just hold fast and you will not quit... And you will not let go of the mercy of God and the grace of God. God will see to it that you receive the end of your faith. Amen. Amen. And so God protects his people. We are the people of God. We are the people of God. 
In Exodus chapter 8 and verse 23, here's what the Lord said about the children of Israel. How many of you know if he did that in the old, how much more will he do these things in the new? Why? Because we got a new covenant. It's established upon better promises. Amen? So we know the story, how that the children of Israel were in bondage, Egyptian bondage. Pharaoh and his taskmasters treated them cruelly. They made them work until they could hardly walk anymore. And uh, in Exodus chapter 8 and verse, 20, uh, and verse 23, he says, But here's what I'm going to do. I will put a division between my people, but between my people and your people. And that word division literally means a redemption. I will place a redemption between my people and thy people. Now track this through with me. In Exodus chapter 9, verses 4 through 6, it says, And the Lord will sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is the children's of Israel. Glory to God. That's a wall of redemption. He placed a division between them. And then in Exodus 9 and verse 26, it says, Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hell. Glory to it. What a God we serve. No hell. We heard the testimony, you know, just recently, Hurricane, Hurricane Ian or Hurricane Ian went through the Florida area and went through Fort Myers and, and went through uh, Naples and worked, went through Sarasota. And that's where Keith and Phyllis Moore pastor a wonderful church in Sarasota. But they stood on the Word of God and they spoke to Ian and they said, Praise God, no evil shall befall us. Neither shall any hurricane come nigh our dwelling. And their church is whole today. Their church is solid today. But not only that, people in their church family were not affected. I said people in their church family were not affected. See, what we're talking about tonight is not just for you and just for me. It's for all of us. As we take a bold stand against some things, we can expect our church family to be protected and to be redeemed from any kind of destruction that may come our way. That includes earthquakes. That includes anything that the enemy might try to bring. In Exodus chapter 10, in verse 23, it said, But the children of Israel had Israel light in their dwellings. <laughs> The others didn't, but they had light. So, praise the Lord. Let's believe for the power not to go off. Amen? Light in their dwellings. Oh, that's good. And in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 13, he says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon your houses where you are. And when I see the blood... When I hear the people of God pleading the blood, when I see my children standing strong and saying, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Whoo, hallelujah. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. 
we're under the blood. We're under the blessing flood. We're under the blood of the Lamb. And you and I are overcomers. And we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Is that good news tonight? Now notice in Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 through 14. We're talking about redemption. We're talking about protection. Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says, or in verse 13 actually, it says this, For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and He brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Amen? And then Psalms 91, verse 7 and 8. This is good food right here. Are you ready to read it? Say it with me, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near me. The NLT says, Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Everyone say, can't touch this. Can't touch this temple. Can't touch this soul. Can't touch my mind. Can't touch my family. Can't touch my loved ones. I think that requires a little bit of rejoicing right there. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost for a few minutes. Oh, breke shalabrande. Lembra basso con remeniando la bari deste. Vahro como dase e te calando. Manglo bridisle blo papala dende atola. We surround our church family with our faith and with our love. We plead the blood of Jesus over their lives. Nisto prepande kistaliando lo rabaste lebrede. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So there's four walls of protection that I see in the Word. Number one, the Word of God. Say with me, the Word of God is like a wall of redemption and a wall of protection over my life. In Psalms 91 and verse 4, it says, He will cover us with what? His feathers and under His wings thou shalt trust. Here it is. His truth. In other words, His word shall be my shield and it shall be my buckler. Now in the Hebrew, the word shield or buckler means a circle of protection. His truth shall be my circle of protection. I'm telling you folks, we are sanctified and set apart from destruction by the word of of truth. Amen. A second wall that I see, and we've already been talking about it a little while, is the blood of Jesus. And we've already quoted this, but how many of you know it? Good to quote it again. Say it with me, no evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. 
And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Now, another wonderful truth is this. Here's another benefit that you and I have as a result of being born again. He gives his angels charge over us. And what do the angels do? They encamp around about us. The angels keep us in all of our ways. We don't really have any idea how many times the angels of the Lord have protected us. We really don't have a clue of how active our angels are and working on our behalf. When you live a sanctified life and when you fear the Lord and you believe His Word and you speak His Word, the angels of the Lord hearken to the voice of His Word. His Word in your mouth activates your angels. And there are prosperity angels. There are angels that are working right now on behalf of Heart of the Bay Christian Center. How do you know that? Because we loosed them. We released them. We claim what we need every year. Amen. We claim it by faith. We tell the devil to take his stinking, rotten hands off of our money. And then we say, ministering spirits, angels of the Lord, go and cause the money to come in. Angels are a-working. They're bringing the money in. Angels are a-working. Bringing the money in. And the neat thing about the angels of the Lord, they're unlimited in where the money comes from. Our eyes, as Pastor Tom, Pastor Nancy, Pastor Brendan, our eyes are not on our congregation. God never said that He would meet our need according to our congregation. Now, the members of the church and the church family has a responsibility to do and to keep and to do their very best by bringing their tithes and offerings. But if we focus on who in the church is going to bring it in, we're missing God. What we're doing is we're putting our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. We're keeping our eyes on Jesus, obeying what He told us to do, and the angels of the Lord are causing it to come in. And they're not limited. They're not limited. Someone could be watching right now in Asia, writing out a check for a million dollars. Someone could be walking, watching somewhere around the world tomorrow and say, in my spirit, I feel like I should give a hundred dollars. See, angelic activity belongs to the people of God. But we need to believe that. And not just have it be something that someone is saying every now and then. In Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12, and I've already quoted it for you, but let me read it to you. Read it with me. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all. 
think about that. Your traveling ways, your work ways, your family ways, whichever way, He will keep you in all your ways. They'll bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I know the angels of the Lord protected me when I was in high school. On Good Friday in 1968, I had a friend of mine that was mad at his girlfriend and he had been drinking Bacardi rum and Coca-Cola and he was drunk. And he had a little car that was a convertible and I was sitting shotgun. Shotgun is right next to the driver's seat. And he was speeding down Bryant Avenue where I grew up. Pastor Tom grew up on Bryant Avenue as well in San Francisco. I grew up on 4920 Bryant Avenue south in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the south side. But anyway, um, and so he was really, really, really mad. And I was getting nervous because he zoomed by my house on Bryant Avenue and he was picking up speed of, you know, probably 60 miles an hour on 49th and then we got to 48th and he was probably going about 70 miles an hour and then we got to 47th Bryant and he was probably going close to 80 miles an hour and all the way he was going through four-way stop signs he wasn't even looking he was just going through them and then on 46th and Bryant there was a gas station here and there was an art center there and he went right through the the stop signs and there was a car coming this way and so he had to dodge that car and we ended up going through the front door of that building on 46 and Bryant I mean it's like you are just waiting to die but not a scratch not a scratch someone was in that car with me I don't know why. I don't know who was praying. But I know the angels of the Lord protected my life from death. Some of the other guys got banged up pretty bad. The guy from the gas station called and said, I think a small airliner went through the building across the street. It was a brick building. But we went right through the front door. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for angels. The hand of the Lord has been upon me my whole life. And if the hand of the Lord was upon me when I was a sinner, how much more will the hand of the Lord be upon you when you're a saint? Amen. When you're a child of God. Woo, glory to God. The other day, we're going, trying to take a left on despair and come into church. I've already told you this. But this guy went through a red light about 70 miles an hour. Had we started out there to take a left, we just felt as though we should pause. But he went, boom. And we were still stopped. Thank God. That's angelic protection. We need to believe for the activity of angels. Hallelujah. You know there's prosperity angels, but you know there's also healing angels. Brenda's brother, Ricky Edwards, sees angels. And when he was here, about maybe five or six years ago, he started to preach and he stopped preaching. And he saw an angel standing right next to a person over there. And he says when he sees those angels, he knows that he's supposed to minister healing to them. And this happens 
occasionally. It happens, I think, you know, regularly. Ed Dufresne would see angels like that. We need to believe God for angelic activity. Now, whether you see them or not, they're here. But there's healing angels. They can bring body parts from heaven right to earth and give people new hearts, give them new limbs, give them new lungs. I believe this is the day in which we're giving us new kidneys. Amen? In Jesus' name. Woo, glory to God. Thank God, thank God for angelic activity. And it's going to get even greater and greater and greater and greater the closer we get to the rapture of the church. We see it over on the dark side. We see the demonic activity getting greater and greater and greater and the enemy getting more obnoxious. But over here, over here, over here in the land of Goshen, over here in the kingdom of God, over here in the family of God, we are expecting the supernatural intervention of God. We are expecting heaven's resources, heaven's help. Hallelujah. Is that right, Jimmy? That is right. Glory to God. Hebrews 1.14, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to be heirs of salvation? And then lastly, right before Raul comes, how about the name of Jesus? The word is a wall of redemption. The blood is a wall of redemption. Angels are a wall of protection. But oh, thank God for his name. I said, thank God for his name. Psalm 91, 14, it says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Do you know his name? Are you speaking his name? Are you binding devils in his name? Oh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And they are safe. Another way to say it is we are protected. We're in the tower of the Most High God. And God has given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things or beings in earth and under the earth, things in heaven. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I just wanted to stir you up a little bit to tell you, thank God you are redeemed. The hand of the Lord is upon you and there's a wall of redemption all around you. Amen. Pastor Tom, amen. Let's all stand up and thank God for what we've heard tonight. Glory to God. It's a happy meal. It's a happy meal. It's a happy reminder. It's a reminder for all of us to attend to his word. Incline thine ear to his saints. Keep them in the midst of thine heart for they are life unto those that find them. And they are medicine, they are health to all of our flesh.